0: So I walk into my apartment, literally there's six inches of water. I'm scared I'm going to get electrocuted. And that's when I messaged you because we live like a few hundred meters away. I was like, bruh, I need that that little hobbit half bedroom (laughs) of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I, I do not have a place. So I literally packed my bags and a few hours later I was living (laughs) at your place. (laughs) 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 Alrighty. Hello everybody. And welcome welcome to episode one of Get High. My name is Thomas Cook and joining me, we've got Mark Dolkin. Yeah, yeah and, uh, episode one, take three. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, let's kick it off by talking about what the purpose of this channel is is going to be apart from uh, horrible second officer humor and meme accounts to do with aviation. Um, yeah. I guess we've had discussions for a number of years. Like, we've been talking about having conversations to do with the job market, um different opportunities around the world in aviation uh well, i mean i can remember talking about it back in hong kong which is at least a couple of years ago um it's taken us this long to actually sit down or may stand up and and actually put it into action and discuss these things but um yeah talk to me about what uh what you think the purpose of the challenge is going to be some things that we could talk about on a weekly basis possibly
1: yeah for sure so i think like like you said we've been discussing this stuff for so long because we're pilots so that's what we do we always complain and you know chat about different opportunities and careers but there's nothing really out there that's there to educate and have open discussion you know we're Mm -hmm. like as pilots we're taught so much about communication but everyone's really scared to like talk about their careers talk about airlines talk about the industry and we Mm -hmm. always see you know, that the standard stuff, Boeing predicts like 20,000 pilot shortage and all that good stuff. And I think we've both now got enough experience. Uh, we've worked in a couple of different airlines that we're probably like happy to talk about our experiences and shine Absolutely, on, you know, different avenues that we've gone down. Um, we both work for different airlines now. We've worked for the same airlines. We've done a few different times. things. A few times. Yeah, a few yeah. times. Hey, maybe in the future we might work for the same airline as well. Maybe, bro. Yeah, probably fly the 152 back
0: at Bunbury or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Literally. where the jet market goes. Or something like that. Who knows? Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's a funny thing, you know, like there's some amazing podcasts out there for people in finance or medical or uh, construction. But, uh, you know, I, I might have like one or two podcasts that are aviation related um in you know my my album podcast that i regularly listen to but none of them really talk about uh you know it's never really discussions of people who are in sort of the um the front lines working yeah. midway through their career right now it's typically yeah. you know older fellas talking about war stories or what yeah. like yeah. i or something like that um but yeah i guess I, I think there's a lot of value that, that particularly younger people could get out of um Hearing some of our stories about working in different yeah. countries. I mean, between both of us, we've well, we both worked in Australia, uh, Hong Kong, and the US. Yeah. Um, each one of these markets is totally different, um, particularly in the post COVID environment.
1: Yeah. Um, I worked I in WA so- as well, West Australia.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 What <laughs> state? Yeah. <laughs> East you Africa. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. I guess that's a good summary of what we'll be talking about generally speaking but do you want to introduce how you got into aviation to start with yeah
1: for sure so uh one of those people that's always flown pretty much high school started flying um went to university did the bachelor of aviation at edith Cowan university in perth and um did i look at doing something else i did um did I ever do anything else? I didn't. So I standard <laughs> pilot who gets ruined yeah. during COVID without any other qualifications. Yes. Um, which is uh, another series, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And, Career risk, being totally exposed yeah, to, a, to a job that uh, requires transportation. A hundred percent. And, you know, we've both done different things, which I'm sure would be happy to talk about in yeah. the future as well. And like, just to mention though, like, we're not talking about just young kids as well, right? Because we're we're also there's a lot of older individuals that come into aviation at a different time, you know, sure. and they always yeah. feel disheartened. Like, oh yeah, I'm thirty. Like you, man, I'm thirty. Like, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if anything, I was probably always a little bit jealous of the more experienced guys because they were electricians or builders or. They've got, that, they've got that side
0: hustle ready for their days yep. off, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. And they know how to kill it. They're yep. straight smart. Whereas- and I'd also yeah, add that
0: you, you, got, you got guys like you and me who are changing jobs. Oh, I'm 28. You're what, 31 now. 31. Yeah. Yeah. 31. Like there's no difference between us who, you know, we've already flogged 10 years in the industry compared to someone who might've started a year or two ago has 1500 yep. hours. And yep. now they're starting at the same job. Like, it's just really, it's amazing timing for anyone to be getting into the industry. And yeah, uh, yeah I really should have said that. It doesn't matter if you're a 19-year-old or if you're a 30- yeah. or 40-year-old. Yeah. Um, if you're starting or, or getting into, uh, you know, like an airline job or really anything, you know, at the start of the hiring cycle, you're going to do very well.
1: Yeah, man, in my, um, so I, I'll mention it, but like I've recently done my, my training in Australia with an airline yeah. here there's a 65 year old training, you know, like, and yes, it's probably difficult, but there's so many older people now coming back out of retirement or coming out of the woods, you know, like, you know, who, man, they're in the best position when they don't need the money and they don't need the career, you know, like, let's be honest, we need the job. Like we go to an interview, like
0: borrow, I'll do anything like, yeah. And that's the thing is, uh, The best place, the best place to be in this industry, I think is, you know, coming from a place of financial security. It's a lot of the reason why we ended up in airlines is because although we'd love to stay in GA and fly the fun planes, they, they typically just don't pay and you get forced into these airline roles because you got mortgages to pay, right? You want to save, save or like provide for a family. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the time flying a turboprop or a piston plane ain't going to pay the bills. Yeah. So and that that's a big thing now is I think,
1: you know, when we started flying, well, I was 16 when I started flying. I went into the program at ECU when I was what like 17, 18. Um, I wasn't smart enough, or did I know anything else to like make a decision, say, oh, what if a recession hit? Or mm-hmm. and to be honest, the recession had hit, right? That was in oh 0- oh eight, oh seven, and I graduated school in oh nine so I knew, yeah and like there's always one thing i like to like think about is my instructor who taught me how to fly on the 172 he had 4,000 hours in a 172 jesus christ yeah, yeah right. and didn't move like no twin yeah. time and then yeah. you know like we we've talked about it before now the progression in aviation is crazy 700 hours guys are going on to fo turbo turbines you know,
0: yeah, jobs yeah. we would
1: have begged for when I was instructing. So, um, yep. you know, it's that standard. You hear all the old guys like back in my day. I used to hitchhike to go fly <laughs> to fucking Twitter. I'm Like, man, that's, I don't. That's, already, to that's already
0: that's already you fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back, man, back I didn't <laughs>
1: But, you know, they have trams and trains now
0: that I don't need to hitchhike, but like
1: <laughs> I would still do anything to fly a twin. Line. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah. that
0: privacy. Wait, so, uh, uh, so ECU was your decision. Did you consider any of the other parts in the country that are available at all? Like military, uh, there's um, there's local flying clubs, there's various different parts you could have taken?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, at that time, I looked at military. I didn't get in. I tried twice, actually. Um. The first time was after a leavers party. I don't know if that's what you guys called on the new schoolies. So you're going to blame, you're going to blame being hungover. <laughs> yeah. I was hungover as like an a uh, 17, 18 year old or whatever. Oh <laughs> Obviously flunked out on my aptitude testing. which I was terrible at. This is, this is when they say, get
0: out of here, There'll be a second officer in Hong Kong.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And so I think I went and labored for six months. Um, building tractors pretty much was my job like the cedars and that that was really cool job actually very cool Um, and then I decided hey listen I can't afford flight school my parents couldn't afford it Um, so I went to the vet fee help and I did it through the government hex loan and that's why I went to ECU um, and did the aviation program so yeah man uh, that's like another podcast in itself is vet fee the financing the of, uh, of career, yep. yeah. because when you're young, man, you'll sign anything, and um, absolutely, yeah. You know, I had 120 grand debt that I it's yep. paid off, but that affects your borrowing capacity and all that good stuff too. So for you know, for things like like mortgages and things like house. that, yep, house, yep. everything, man. and yeah. um, even your super and your tax, right? Like that's less money you you get to put in there, and um, yep. you can definitely get a a private parts license and a commercial parts license much cheaper with cash. Like you can, yeah. And the other thing to look at is um, flying schools go bust. Like the flying school I went to went bust and they will really? take your money. Yep. And because uh, in the vet fee programs, you sign up, you sign it like chunks, like different um, levels. So like you have to have your PPL, but then you'll pay for your CPL. So you could be halfway through your CPL training and they go bust, which has right. happened, which, Uh, what was that one in sydney um yeah
0: Yeah. we'll talk about
1: that that's an episode but yeah so i did the whole vet fee thing and um it puts a lot of
0: responsibility on the student to have done their homework and to be selecting an organization that has a track record appears to be financially stable and isn't just going to disappear partway through your training because that would potentially leave you in financial ruins with no qualifications exactly yeah right. but hey
1: like that happens to big companies as well man like what yeah. was Virgin, right and mm-hmm. their cadetship I, i'm pretty sure when who was it the Qantas cadetship stopped as well i can't remember well that. qantas used so, like, to
0: do those at fta as well as cafe yeah. i remember um yeah. and then they stopped it for a substantial period of time and now they've got their in-house program up in toowoomba or whatever it is yeah so um, it's a different market now as well but Yeah.
1: So, yeah, Yeah. I did did the uni program and then I went GA instructing. So, literally, I did my instructor's rating. I decided to do um, instructing, not go up north. And I got a job, which was, you know, straight out of flight school pretty much. I got a job. The guy said I'd be, you know, making coffee, sweet, cleaning the hangar, cleaning the planes. And I was like, I'll do anything. um, Yeah, 152 is down in the southwest of Perth
0: yeah and yes sir no sir put hang your on. knee
1: pads on yep put the knee pads on we you know yeah. like at that flying school the big red flying school probably i painted yeah. half of that place i would say inside. <laughs> it's, yeah it's crazy what man. was the
0: so this is uh this is Bombberg. Right? yeah yeah okay what Bumbry, was the Bumbry. the living accommodation like um where people um, live
1: so pretty much they had like a big hangar and it had a mezz- mezzanine uh, second floor to it. And so okay. I stayed in there. They had a bed with a TV okay. <laughs> and then a separate bathroom. Uh, but the, the person next to me was a student. So I don't even know if that stuff's legal anymore. But yeah, it was... Uh, it was,
0: yeah, it right. was i tell you what though, this, this would do wonders for se- setting standards for the rest of your life. Because now yeah. you live in a, in a home that has uh, doors that close with seals and you're like, oh, wow, it's so warm in here. Yeah. you not living yeah. in a shed anymore. Exactly. Um, sick. So, so you, you were instructing there for a period of time. Uh, that probably leads to somewhere around where we met uh, yeah. as we both transitioned to a job in Hong Kong. Um, How many hours did you have when you were looking to transfer? Yeah, man, I got like,
1: I thought I got lucky back then and I had a thousand hours. So 800 PIC, a okay. thousand hours total on. Yep. And um, yeah. So that story, which we can talk about was I saw the Cathay Pacific ad on Facebook, like well done marketing yeah.
0: team. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. You've paid fifteen dollars a day for a for a Facebook marketing slide.
1: Yeah, they they've put on that like Facebook marketing and it's just popped yeah. in my DMs to like quarter life prices, Paul <laughs> Pilot, yeah. um, you know, work in the reception. I was literally in the res on the reception desk computer, probably on AFAP and Facebook.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, the ads popped up. My high school girlfriend dumped me and um I was like, I will apply for Hong Kong. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, Next minute, did the meeting with, um, who was it? It was like Katrina Evans. So the Evans oh, yeah. was still in the aviation industry. Yeah. And that was at Jandicott. I met mm-hmm. um, a couple of the guys. And next minute, we were flown up to Hong Kong. And, you know, we did the interview and then got the congratulations. And Sweet. it was so weird because my chief pilot at the time, he was like, Mark, that, I, I here's a story. I think you remember this. I didn't have my IFR then. I had my no instrument
0: I, oh, was no, I was first gonna... in the first person apparently hired at
1: the cafe <laughs> yeah. without an instrument. I, I think it
0: was actually a mistake them hiring you because I, you yeah, were meant to hire they, it. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> that is, that's the story because what happens is I get the my 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 chief pilot who used to work at FTA who was like one of the heads who started it. He called them up. Who was that uh, South African guy who was running the place? And he was like, yeah, 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 so one time. of my instructors, uh, this is the situation. And they're like, we've never had a guy like this. <laughs> like, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah, Either way, yeah. I get an email congratulating me to start in like a month's time. And I'm over yeah. the moon, man. I'm like, I've hit yeah, it. Yeah. I'm
0: out of here. Yeah, dude. This and, is um, jackpot.
1: Yeah. They're like, we just want to confirm. You said you'd get your instrument rating in the interview. Have you got it? And I was like, my jaw just dropped, man. Like I was, I had no hours. like five hours I had like <laughs> hours after the CPL or something. And so yeah. Uh, yeah, I ended up doing a single engine IFR rating in that time. Uh um, yeah. and yeah, I got the job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> make like, it to you make it, I mean,
1: baby. Yeah, baby, make it to you, make it <laughs> like and all the all the instructors at FTA were like, man, that guy. So the guy who um was my instructor, they they're all talking right, like all pilots mm-hmm. talking. Like, oh man, this guy sucks. Oh, you've got the student who doesn't have an IFR
0: rating. <laughs> He's like, never flown IFR. before.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they he they and he was like they they gave me the head instructor at FTA, so one of the senior guys, and I think that was a yeah, good yeah experience. Yeah. But they didn't realize I had just done the IFR rating on like a G one thousand and a, a six pack. Uh, Cessna so I actually knew how to fly and I did IFR theory and all that stuff had you done IREX I did the RX RX, yeah so I'd done all of that and it turns out you know how life is it's like my instructor wasn't even that good like you know Mm -hmm. it was like Mm -hmm. I was trying to instruct myself pretty much but yeah I got (laughs) there without an IFR rating what about um yeah go ahead I, I think that's too much experience now to get a job with them. Like, I think yeah. less <laughs> Sorry, too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think if you Yo, had You're, you're going to be problematic. Yeah, yeah. Cathay um, HR, What about... Uh, like, we're trying what about... to get you
0: people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, did you have ATPs
1: completed? I had two. I started my ATPLs and then, I, you know, for me, I'd done two years instructing and I was looking at going up north and i was okay. starting to get people replying to the emails like hey yeah come up to xmouth and we'll consider you to fly like for around the whales or something like that in an area yeah 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 um and so i started the hpls that was the next move is i needed twin time but there was no movement man there was you know there were three instructors in front of me uh the one guy had just cracked 500 hours he thought he would be in jetstar jetstar never got back to him like Mm -hmm. there was just nothing so total total dead industry total dead industry like we we were talking about it before like i was looking at botswana i looked at suzy air um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was i was ready to like hey i need to go get this 210 and into a twin because that's what you needed was your 500 hours twin
0: time dude 500 pic twin yeah Yeah. that was like bare minimums to get into any subsidiary at qantas at the time it was crazy
1: now now they now you don't need that at all,
0: you know, it's, nope. it's just crazy degree. how times change, man. Like degrees, yeah. no one gives a crap. Don't, yeah. don't care about it. Basically, uh, you know, do you have an ATP usually? Mm. And, uh, There's one I guess thing
1: I would say though, is I, in the cafe interview, this is the impression I got is mm. they were, they did weigh me up higher because I had the degree because I didn't have much experience mm-hmm. and I, I do believe degrees do play a role in those more professional institutes. GA mm-hmm. up north, no, you don't need one. Like, don't do an mm-hmm. aviation degree if you want to get a job mm-hmm. like that, because yeah. you can lose your jobs very easily too, and exactly. it's seasonal.
0: So, yeah, I uh, should also mention that the the majors in the US, even yeah. in the pilot crunch that's happening right now, super uh, like like significant shortage of of pilots. Uh Delta United American, uh, you know, none of those have waived their their bachelor's requirement yet. Yeah. Or oh, we'll the have they? I
1: don't No, Atlas reduces your hours for entry. It goes from right. fifteen to twelve hundred with a bachelor's. Yeah, so, so they say like problem. we
0: we value this at three hundred hours basically or something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And the yeah. U the US is weird because they have they have lots of aviation degrees. That's how people do it now over there. Yep. So
0: well everyone goes yeah. to college right it's a cultural thing yeah it's everyone uh it's
1: 100 grand yeah. debt and you know it's normal so
0: that's standard
1: yeah. yeah but um what about yourself mate how did you start out and
0: like when did you start flying what route did you go down yeah um so i both my parents were in the industry already um yeah. so i was very much exposed to to flying you know my entire life and yeah, always knew I was going to be in it some, somewhere or another. Um, yeah. Never thought I'd, I'd ever do like a regular job, to be honest, ever. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like around 16, 17, started looking at options, started scouting uh, people that I knew at the time, uh, family, friends and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, the three pathways that generally are available, military, university and sort of cadetship, I guess it's like yeah. GA as well um I ended up being sort of steered towards the cadetship path um for one main reason and that is because um I I didn't want to be entering the market with no hours um that that to me was the the biggest risk that I wanted to avoid is having a shiny bachelor's degree which I could have done at UNSW or Griffith something like that yeah um in fact I, I did the it's very casual, but I did not interview for the USW one and and that would have worked out fine. Yeah. And it would have come with college life and all that fun shit that 18-year-olds do. But um I I really just I wanted to have a job that was attached to the education um so yep. that I could grind my way to a thousand-ish hours as quickly as possible. Um yeah. so I ended up going with a company called Sharp Airlines. Um, and that was back in the day it was based out of Hamilton Victoria, which is basically a crater, a hole in the middle of Victoria, that uh has has a total of one nightclub, one McDonald's, and one cafe. Um That's all you need. <laughs> that's, all you need. that's all I use now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I <laughs> that's why I live in the cross, David. Yeah, <laughs> Mac-, yeah. Mac-, Mac-, Mac is in nightclubs. That's it, baby. <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I applied for this cadetship, got in. It was great. I had honestly the best time of my life over that sort of 18-month period as a broke student, um, stacking shelves to pay rent each week. But right. uh, yeah, uh, Aldi, mate. Aldi. Aldi, oh, which yeah. uh, which which you should understand is like a upper tier of all of the different shelf stacking jobs out there. <laughs> and then Woolworths is just below. So, I, I was at
1: IGA, so I was at the independent. IGA
0: oh, is way down. Bro. <laughs> yeah, oh, man,
1: I got worked hard there, harder than GA. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Anyway, um, dude, Aldi paid, man. I think I was on like twenty-four bucks an hour. It's crazy. Yeah, European. Anyway, uh, yeah, you pay rent in like three hours' work. Anyway, I <laughs> um did the cadetship. It was awesome, and then we had the option of uh, requesting, depending on how you graded within your class of twelve, uh, yeah. to moved to Launceston base, yeah. Adelaide or Essendon. Um, yeah. And yeah, like Launceston was kind of where the, all the hardos went because it's like hard flying and yeah, you know, like flying they, 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 they actually get weathered down. there. Um, Essendon and everyone's, everyone's on the same. So you, you know, if you choose Melbourne, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you'd be living below the poverty scale. Um, yeah. On I think we're on about $27,000 a year. And what? living in, uh, yeah, yeah, because we were bonded for our Metro type rating, right? And they take that out of your pay before you even touch it. So, oh, yeah, yeah we got $5, $517 a week, whatever that math is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the last remaining one is Adelaide, which is Cavo K all year, baby. And <laughs> yeah, flew around to the miners for a bit over a year. And then uh, my contract came to an end. So it was a, a one year deal, basically, to get hours. Yeah. And at that time, which is obviously same time as you were looking for work, there was nothing available globally. Like I applied for no shit, a hundred different places around the world. I was looking yeah. in Brazil, uh, Canada, obviously yeah. Australia, all around the country, every GA operator that was on AFAP. Uh, was is it AFAP? What's the, yeah, um, AFAP, yeah, AFAP. Uh, where else? Couple of like, like Scoot, I applied for a second officer role at Scoot. Yeah. Um, and none replied. I got like a couple of polite, like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Yep. And that's when I was like, out of pure desperation, I just wrote an email to uh, one of our close mutual friends, Mandy Fong, who yep. was a HR lady at Cafe Pacific at the time. And I just lied. I was like, hey, coming to Hong Kong uh, on a holiday, I swear I don't want an interview, but can I just come and say hello and see the facilities and everything? Yeah. And she's like, eventually she replied. She was like, oh, no, it's all right. Like, we're, you know, come on in and you can have an interview. Yeah. So, yeah. man, I was super pumped. Like, there was there was no other options. And I remember, I remember going up, doing the interview, and you know how it was like two days of it? Yeah. So you pass day one, then you go to day two. I remember in between. So after day one, I'd received a letter from my old boss saying, "Thanks, your contract's expired. You have one month left of employment." So uh, I was I was literally about to be on the gutter with no job, and yeah. anyway, got the job. Uh, super stoked, you know, twenty-one years old, flying a triple seven around the world is pretty. I was I was over the moon. Honestly, it was sick. Um, that's where I met you, dude. I guess you yeah. you, you were in the course yeah. ahead of me. So like, yeah. I don't know, like two, three months, more senior. And we ended up doing a stint together living with one another yeah. um, <laughs> after, a, after a typhoon came through Hong Kong while I was away on the trip. And yeah. uh, because <laughs> this is such a fuck story, the, the building manager was doing renovations on the outside of the building, basically like getting rid of all the paint and then repainting it. Yeah. and rather than do what would happen in a normal western country where okay like we're removing a layer of paint on the outside let's basically either collect it as it falls or sweep it up at the end of the day so the gutters don't fill
1: they yeah, just left yeah. it
0: there and then a typhoon yeah. came through and because all the gutters were blocked my entire yeah. apartment which was on the ground floor where all the scaffolding was being uh yeah. like built up around just yeah. flooded so i walk into yeah. my apartment literally there's six inches of water i'm scared i'm gonna get electrocuted and that's when that's i great. messaged you because we live like a few hundred meters away i was yeah. like bruh i need that that little hobbit half bedroom <laughs> of yours yeah, <laughs> Cause cause i, I, I do you? not have a place so i literally packed my bags and a few hours later i was living at your <laughs>
1: place <laughs> dude i remember so, that was an ordeal because they wouldn't give you your bond back or something and like I, ne- that, I never, I never go.
0: But she, that, that <laughs> landlord said, that landlord said, take me to court. And I spoke to my sister, who's a lawyer, and she was like, look, you can either forego your bond or spend multiples more on legal fees yeah. in Hong Kong trying to extract the value of your your bond back from this person. So anyway, I left. You know what? Years later, like two years later, this landlord messages me out of the blue and says, hey, you haven't paid rent for two years. You owe me. X zero, 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 zero dollars. No uh, and, Right. I, I just blocked it. I was like, this is crazy. Like, you're mental. Don't ever message me yeah, again. Give
1: me that number. I want to message them, man. That That's just
0: <laughs> that's pretty pretty person. like Yeah. Crazy, dude. Crazy. But that's, you know, that's almost... Oh, fuck. Like, that's a video in itself is the, the attitude of the housing market in Hong Kong. There's just yeah. such an arrogance of landlords in that country where because... Yeah because the rental lease agreement system is structured in a, in a one, two basis whereby um, you can break lease after the first year. And then every second year you have to, um, you have to renew your lease. They've got you by the balls because they know that at the end of the two years, you're either going to spend a ton of money on removalists to change apartments or yeah. you can just pay an extra 10, 15, 20% more on rent um, because housing prices have increased in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's me, man. Been cool. a GA in Oz, then, uh, then met oh, you yeah. in Hong Kong, and then and then the US.
1: Yeah, and then now you're in the US, flying
0: what? Flying 7.4s, baby. This is a free sponsorship on the behalf of Boeing. The queen. <clears throat> the, the queen, queen. yeah. No, I've been flying, um, been flying in the US for like a year. Um, you came over for a little stint as well. Yeah, I did. And, uh, and it's been cool, man. It's, I I think the most, it's, it's been exciting. It's a totally different market. It's different flying. ATC is different. Weather's different. Um, it's just, and, and you're, you know what, like, in a lot of ways, the U.S. is kind of like the OG of aviation. Like shit just gets done. Like they they very much lead the market in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it's been really, really cool to to just get to know how things work over there.
1: Yeah. Um, I man, the U.S. is just a different beast, isn't it? And I would never, yeah. you know, I miss it. Like I never regret going to the U.S. I feel like I should have done it earlier. If not, I would say anyone young should do it as well um mm-hmm. it's just crazy pilots you know you just walk through security there there's so many jets there's yeah. so much GTA, you know yeah. and i don't know if you've got 1500 hours i i'd say do it like go run free and america man yeah i love i don't know it's america man i, I just it's just I
0: could... a it, it is truly a country of opportunity um yeah, and you know taking aside just the job i think uh you know opportunities to do things on the side uh opportunities for your for your partner to do things you know it's not just aviation that um typically has better packages in the states it's lawyers doctors accountants it's really any skilled labor uh, or tertiary educated career in america typically pays quite well and the reason for that is because of uh, access to education not everyone can afford to get degrees over there so if you happen to be educated whether you're a pilot or any other professional there's immense opportunity if you're willing to leave your comfort zone wherever you might live and and have a go
1: yeah yeah so just quickly triple seven or seven (laughs) four
0: uh oh god um they both serve. They're not the same. They're totally they, they, different. They're they, right? they not, they not the same. Devon, uh, I think the 777 is a lot smarter. Um, yeah. I think it's easier it's to fly. It's easier yeah. to learn. It's more automated. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my opinion, it breaks less, off, less often. Um, yeah. But from a lifestyle perspective, I think the 7-4 is superior. And the reason for that is because if the bunks um you know on the at least on the freighters we've got an entire upper deck which is dedicated to basically um comfort you know you've got two lay flat beds in separate rooms at the back of the top deck and then you've got usually six or eight business class seats to stretch out watch a movie or whatever and then your galley um that is not the same on the triple seven particularly for a freighter triple seven um which is obviously what i do now um and yeah, I mean like just deadheading on the on the business class seats on the triple seven is a bit of a nightmare because the the galley and the seating area is one space. Yeah. So not- you might be you might be reclined trying to sleep and every hour you've got the operating crew coming back stepping over you, turning the the galley light on, trying to make a coffee or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of shit. A lot of people complain that boeing dropped the ball with their design of the triple seven freighter yeah. um but what's
1: the go but... with the triple seven packs where were your bunks with the
0: passengers triple <laughs> seven packs uh sorry the uh, the packs bunks were at door one left
1: there's yeah. basically
0: a wall surely this is the same on the 350 but yeah ab- it's just a wall there, in different place huh
1: well, our beds were at the top of the cockpit pretty much just behind us. yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah. so yes, that was the same on the on the uh, passenger triple seven. Yeah. on the freighter triple uh... seven, there's no upstairs. behind yeah, right. the cockpit there's a room yeah. and it's one person sleeps at this height you have to like yeah. climb up onto the thing and then a person yeah. sleeps on the fucking floor That's like true. a mattress a mattress on the floor and I remember did. I was, uh, I was flying a passenger converted 7-4 the other day. Yeah. And uh, these don't have the typical treehouse configuration that we're used to. They're the same config that the passenger ones used to have, obviously. And that is the same as the 777 freighters today. So I go to this captain, I'm like, oh, hey, like, I'm trying to be nice. I'm like, hey, uh, do you want to like sleep on top or bottom? And he's like, <laughs> like, are you serious? Are you actually asking me that? I'm like, no, I, I genuinely don't know which one's better, which is obviously the one you want. He's like, Yeah, you're on the bottom, dude. <laughs> okay. No yeah. That's
1: and scary. I know why.
0: It's because it's fucking weird when a guy is going to bed and you've got like his legs up against your face climbing up onto this bed while you're trying to sleep on the floor. What? It's uh yeah, it's yeah, pretty that's, rogue.
1: That's not cool. That's
0: um so there's something else I want to ask you, and that was, like, you've obviously... We, we've both done long haul. I'm um, still yeah. long haul, but you've now recently made the transition to short haul flying. Yeah. Um, what have you noticed being the benefits or negatives to that shift? Because it's a significant change in lifestyle going yeah. from, uh, you know, flogging 16-hour shifts to to one-hour sectors.
1: I... Uh, man, I because I did the freight stuff and that was still short haul, I guess. The longest flight was five hours. Um, I reckon it was, it was awesome. Like the seven three was the country club of, you know, prime it's, you know, day flying easy um, two sector days. Yeah. I, you know, I'm yet to do it in Oz yet. So we'll see how that goes when I do a four sector day, but I won't be doing any flying because of curfews. So true and i honestly since i left Cathay, i haven't done a day uh, a night shift and i i do love it like i don't miss yeah. it
0: um i don't miss burnout, all the obvious all the obvious health benefits that come with that
1: yeah maintaining yeah. a regular yeah.
0: diet uh you know yeah. you're you're into your sport like you can actually participate in a team sport again Hundred um, like, percent.
1: I'm doing hockey training today on thursday on saturday um, I'm, you know, in Hong Kong, I used to get back from like a Surabaya or Singapore night return and go and play hockey. And mm-hmm. that's like after seven hours of me in the seat as the second officer, cause I'd get burnt out right for flight and duty times. Um, man, I don't miss it. Like, you yeah. know, and then you'd go and sleep in some shitty apartment in Hong Kong where the window air con makes a noise and yeah, right, yeah, I had yeah. Shit, but, um, Man, yeah, I just, I don't miss having to eat
0: through the night and chat to people. You it's know, funny, of all the people I know that have left Cathay and have gone basically anywhere, so like you've got guys who've gone to Qantas, some of the yeah. domestic carriers in Australia, Jetstar, et cetera, and then um, people who have gone to regionals in the States, Yeah, almost everyone has gone back to Short haul, and I haven't heard a single person complain about it Purely because of the the immense like lifestyle benefits that you you get you get back in your life, diet, and that, sleep, relationships, everything.
1: Well, I think we talk about that next one because we can talk about our life in Hong Kong, uh, SOs, um, doing the different type of flying because people want that lifestyle. People want to burn their hours, right? You know, and mm-hmm. my my mates always used to be like, "Oh man, I've done like I'll do eighty four hours, you do eighty four, and we will do it in three flights." Whereas if you're a GA warrior or a domestic astronaut, you're working your ass (laughs) for like 60 hours and that's what I'm going to be doing. So
0: Yeah. And a uh, significant number of of the hours at work are unpaid because you're getting paid for block. Yeah, Uh, exactly.
1: So I don't know, but life's pretty easy, man. I don't, you know, I like going to work when the sun's coming up or it's sunlight and, I can have a nice coffee and, yeah, it is what it Most is. Most people like. do it, man.
0: And there's a reason why people like
1: that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we'll
1: we'll see the difference of, like, our colleagues from Cathay and what they look like in 10, 20
0: years compared to maybe... Exactly. Me. So... Well, that's why I already look like I'm 40 and I'm younger than you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you're still oh, doing it. Yeah.
0: You're, Bro, uh, I know. Doing... We're... Oh, um, we're coming to the end of our 40 minutes. Right. Um, it's been yeah. sick chatting to you. And yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see you on the next one, man. It's been fun.
1: Let's do it. We'll uh, talk to everyone back then.
0: All right, brother. See you, everybody. See Thank you.
1: Bye.